Lord, we have nothing that you haven't given us. From the breath that we inhale and exhale, to the coffee we drink, we are grateful for every good gift that you have given to us. And we recognize that you give us gifts and you ask us to return a portion of those gifts to you for the work of your church, to glorify your name, to make us people who are generous, whole, and holy. And so, O oh God, bless the gifts of our hands that through them your work would be done in this place. That because of them, your name would be lifted high in this place. That on account of them, your glory would be known in our community and throughout the world. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the giver of all good things. Amen and amen. As we gather together today, I invite you to listen to this, our scripture from Acts. It comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 14, and then 36 to 41. Hear the word of the Lord. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Therefore, the entire house of Israel, let them know with certainty that God has made him, Jesus, both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you have crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for this promise is for you for your children and for all who are far away everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him and he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them saying save yourselves from this corrupt generation so those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, use your servants' lips, your people's ears and hearts, that they may be wed, that the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth, with a resurrection joy. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Will read this morning about Jesus on the road. On the road to Emmaus with Cleopas and his friends. As he is talking to these two men, he is describing what has happened in Jerusalem. Don't you know? They said, of course he knows. And then, in the end, he begins to describe to them what has happened. Jesus is on the road. He is with them. 
when he is on the loose, he is with them. He is with them where they are. Our text today from Acts tells us two things, two imperatives. Repent and be baptized. Acts 2.14 Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. The Lord calls us to repent. Repent. That means we recognize what we have done that is wrong. That means we recognize that we have not glorified God throughout our entire lives. That means we recognize there are some things that we've done that we shouldn't have done, and there are things that we haven't done that we ought to have done. We are to repent, which means to change our minds. It means to feel remorse and to be converted. Have you repented of your sins? Have you said to God, I am sorry for the ways that I have lived that have not glorified you. I am sorry for those decisions that I have made on purpose. Those decisions that I have made knowingly that have failed to bring you glory. Lord, I'm sorry. Peter says, repent. That's an imperative. The imperative is a command. And the command to us through the Word of God this morning is that we are to repent. That we are to say that we are sorry that our minds have changed. That we wish we could do things in a way that we didn't do them before. That we wish that we had made different decisions than we have made. But we know that we have sinned and we are sorry and we, in fact... Repent. Repentance is not a popular thing to do. Repentance is not what the world tells us we need to do. The world says to us, I'm okay, you're okay, we just need to recognize that we're okay. The gospel tells us, no, we're not okay. The gospel tells us that in fact, knowingly, we have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done God's will. We have forsaken His law. And we need to come before Him and say the simple words, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, O oh God, that I have failed to be who You have called me to be. Repent! Peter says to his audience, repent, change your mind, feel remorse, be converted. God wants you to be his. And until you are his, you will never live that abundant life that he seeks to give you. Until you repent and are converted, you will never be all that God intends for you to be. Now, this is an inner thing. 
this repentance. So when we repent, we understand interiorly that we have broken the law of God. We understand interiorly that we have done things that ought not be done. But the call that Peter says is more than an interior call. Repent and be baptized. There's something inward that happens and there's something outward that happens. The inward that happens is that we repent. We understand that God has called us to be holy and we haven't been holy. God has called us to obedience and we have been disobedient. We understand that repentance calls us to an inward change of heart. But there's something outward that happens as well. Repent and be baptized. There's work for us to do on our own, and there's a submission to the church. There's something that we need to do in our own hearts, and then there's something that happens in the life of the church. We repent. We are baptized. We follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We change our minds. We change our hearts. And listen. Repent and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The scriptures don't say repent and be baptized and you might encounter the Holy Spirit here and there. The scriptures don't say repent and be baptized and occasionally you may sense the presence of God. The scriptures say repent and be baptized and you will receive, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity is with us. When we have repented of our sins, when we live in the life of the church, the Holy Spirit is, is with us. The third person of the Trinity becomes a part of who we are and our life in the world. The Holy Spirit teaches us, instructs us, accompanies us, lives within and alongside of us and among us, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized, and you will. It's a promise that you might not even know you had. It's a reality that you might not even know exists. And yet, for those of us who have approached God with repentance, those of us who have participated in the life of the church, it is, in fact, a promise that involves ourselves and not just ourselves. The promise is for you for your children, for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. I know I look incredibly young, and it's really problematic for you to envision me as a grandfather. But I am a grandfather. 
And if I forget, all I have to do is stand up with my torn quadricep tendon and, and start to climb stairs. And I remember pretty quickly, I'm a grandfather. You're not going to see me running. You'll see Will running. Will sometimes runs 17 miles before he comes to church on Sunday. I think that's absurd. <laughs> Makes me just want to punch him in the face. But I know, I know if I punch him in the face and run, that he can run a lot further than I can. And so I avoid doing that. <clears throat> The promise is not just for me and for Melinda. We have repented. We have been baptized. We live in this life of the church. But the promise is not just for us. The promise is for us and for our children. Our children. Michaela and Madison and Zachary. Remelson. Alex, Enrique, the promise is for our children and our children's children. Michaela did not want her toddler to be a toddler who just says no, no, no. And so she taught Charlotte from very early on to say yes. So Charlotte knows no, of course. All two-year-olds, no, 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 but Charlotte knows yes. Do you want to go to church this morning? Yes, Charlotte says. Do you love Grandpa? That's me, I'm Grandpa. Yes, Charlotte says. Do you want to go to bed? No, I don't want to go to bed, Charlotte says. This promise. Repent and be baptized. And the Holy Spirit, God himself, comes to accompany you. The promise is for you, for your children, for all who are far away. Everyone the Lord calls to him. It's an inward act. We repent. We say to God, Lord, I am sorry that I have failed you. That I have not done your will that I have fallen short of the glory of God. This is something that we do on the inside. This is a me and God kind of conversation. But it's not just an inward act. There's the outward action. Repent and be baptized. Submit to the sacraments of the church. Live in the life of the church. Do your devotions and say your prayers and understand that this God who has given himself for us is with us. As you're planning your week, some of you plan your week. All of the, all of the, uh, the, the time management gurus that I have followed throughout my whole life, and there have been about three of them. I'm, I'm on iteration number three of time management now in my life. But they all talk about planning your week, doing something on Sunday that gets you ready for Monday through Saturday. Some of us just let it happen. 
and even those of us who have been taught to plan our weeks, sometimes we just let it happen. And we come to work and we do whatever is asked of us. We get our phone calls, we check emails, we, we do all of this stuff without really going through a plan. But those of us who, who do plan and those of us who at our best plan, we understand that there's something inward in our relationship with God and there's something outward to our relationship with God and that God accompanies us not only during our planning session on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through Friday, God is with us. And if we ever forget that God is present with us, we have lost a fundamental truth. Emmanuel, God with us, the promise for us, for our children, for all who are far away, for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Jesus is on the road, as Will read earlier today, this road to Emmaus, this walk to Emmaus, while they were talking and discussing about what had happened, Jesus himself came near and he went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still. They looked sad. They said, some of us, some of those who were with us, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, empty. But they didn't see the Lord. And then Jesus said to them, oh, how foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all of the scriptures. I don't know about you, that's a Bible study I would love to have been a part of. When Jesus takes the Torah and says, I'm here. When Jesus takes the prophets and says, look, I'm here. When Jesus talks about the history of Israel and says, I am here, I am here, I am here. See me? They still didn't know who he was. They urged him strongly. They said, stay with us because it's almost evening. The day is nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And while he was at the table with them, he took bread, he blessed, he broke and he gave. Those are the four verbs of the Eucharist. Those are the four verbs of Holy Communion. He takes. He blesses. He breaks. And he gives. He takes. He blesses. He breaks, and he gives. And then their eyes were open, 
And they recognized him. And suddenly, as quickly as they noticed who he was, he vanished from their sight. Then they go back and they tell what's happened on the road and how Jesus is made known to them in the breaking of the bread. They go back and they report that this miracle has happened, this miracle of Jesus with them, this miracle of Jesus revealing them, himself to them, and this miracle of as soon as they see him, he vanishes from their sight. We serve a God whose name is Emmanuel. God with us. We shouldn't be surprised when Jesus accompanies us on the road, and yet sometimes we are. We're so used to seeing the ordinary that we don't even look for the extraordinary. We are so used to seeing the world that occasionally when heaven breaks in, we miss it. We are so used to just our ordinary lives that we forget that those of us who have repented and are baptized, those of us who have had this inward transformation, who have gone through the sacramental life of the church, those of us who trust in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may see Him in the most unexpected of places, in the strangest of places, we see the Lord. He is made known to us in the ordinary things. The taking, the blessing, the breaking, the giving. I hope you see God this morning. Because God is here. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, says our risen Savior, I am among them. The Holy Spirit is upon, among, within you and me. And here in this place, there is the taking, the blessing, the breaking the giving. But Jesus will be with you tomorrow also. Where you work tomorrow, the people you see, Jesus can be there in that interaction. Those people who annoy the heck out of you, and you know they're there. Jesus can help you to love them. Those people that you look forward to seeing tomorrow, thank God there are some of those, right? Jesus will help you to be a good friend, a family member who cares, a compassionate companion along the way. We see him here at the table this morning but he's on the road. Jesus is, as I say all throughout Easter this year, on the loose. He's, he's not 
confined by the grave. He's not confined by any of our institutions or any of our philosophies. He's on the loose. He's out there. He is ready to, to fill you and me with his love, with his power. He's out there. And he is made known to us. In the breaking of the bread, he's made known to us as we go and live our lives, do our jobs, converse with our neighbors, enjoy the beauty of family and friendship. He's there. He's there. He's with us. He's among us. Don't miss him. It's easy to miss him. We're so busy. And we've got our phones. And we walk around with our phones. And we fall into manholes. We run into light posts. But because we're looking here. Look for Jesus. If you look for him, you're going to find him. If you look for him, he's going to appear where you study, where you work, in your family. He's going to give you this peace. He's going to give you this love. He's going to give you this absolutely amazing view of the world and of yourself and as we repent something inward and personal as we're baptized as we come into the life of the church and continue on in the life of the church Jesus is with us always and he is with you and he is made known to us through the taking through the blessing through the breaking through the giving he has made known to us in this meal that he's offered to us.